Are you struggling in your faith? Are you pretending you're happy but stuck in a spiritual rut? Are you tired of listening to famous pastors and preachers who make it sound so easy? Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Protestant and Catholic voice in America. I talk about the important things that nobody else is talking about, like how to align with God's plan for your life, because I believe this is where 90% of Christians get stuck. And I tackle the negative self-talk that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are brave Protestants and Catholics who share their struggles, their fears, and their daily holy habits that help them win in their spiritual lives. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist and a spiritual coach to Christian business owners and CEOs who are married with children. This show was created for you, the broken Catholic, who's pushing to get your spouse, your kids, and yourself to heaven. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you're just one surrender prayer away. Today, my featured guest is Darren Ray, and Darren Ray could be a bitter person today. He came into this world with no roof to his mouth, and his lip and the upper part of his face were deformed. He endured years of surgeries and bullying. Why would God make him this way? He often wondered. Then a severe car accident involving a drunk driver left him with even more injuries and more doubts about God. He wanted to die. Then his request to the judge left the judge speechless. But at this lowest moment, lowest of points for Darren, he found his true calling in life, a calling only made possible by the suffering of his journey. So BC Nation, if you're in a place of suffering right now in your life, this is going to be your show. Darren's going to speak to your heart. And we're going to speak not just about the suffering you're experiencing, but what to do with that suffering. For God allows suffering in the world, we brought it upon ourselves through sin. However, God does not want us to remain in that suffering or in that sin. He wants to set us free. So Darren's going to speak to us about how he was set free from that and how you can as well. You don't have to stay there. Suffering is not your identity. And I know maybe for some of you, the enemy has lied to you enough times where somehow you made suffering, pain, chronic illness, your, your identity. It's not. It's not at all. So Darren, uh, you can find him at imsecond.com forward slash Darren Ray. That's D-A-R-R-I-N-R-A-Y. And we'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, Darren Ray, welcome to Broken Catholic. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Sure. Thank you, Joseph. It's good to be here this this morning. Um, well, I my story really, uh, you kind of hit it there. Um, I was born with what's called a bilateral cleft palate, cleft lip. Um, it's a birth defect uh, where I was born with no roof of my mouth, no centerpiece to my nose. Most of my upper lip uh, was uh, unformed. 
And so I had to have many surgeries as a child um, to have that repaired. I had my first surgery when I was two months old uh, for its repair and my last one when I was 18. Uh, so I was in and out of the hospital a lot as a kid. Um, I was a small child, um, not small now, but then, you know, small, I, um, I had uh, to have my hands splinted when I was a toddler to keep me from messing up, you know, any of the surgery works they were doing. Mm. So um, I never developed any really good coordination. I was never good at sports. I was klutzy. And I was nerdy. And um, so I really, at school, I kind of became a walking target uh, for bullies. And um, I, had, I had lots of kids. I had uh, people who just made it, went out of their way to, to let me know I wasn't wanted. I wasn't wanted around. And uh, I had uh, folks that would throw rocks at me, keep me away from them. Um, I had uh, some parents who wouldn't let their kids play with me because uh, I looked different. And um, it, it got to a point, especially when I became an adolescent, when I was about 11 years old, um, it really got to a point and I was just really, really frustrated with it. Um, my, my parents, um, my dad was a military man and he and my mother were very religious um, and uh, took me to church from the time I was very little. And so I, I heard the gospel story. I heard about Jesus. I heard about his love. Uh, I heard about the cross, uh, about being a sinner and needing to be redeemed. And um, I, so um, I had um, asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior when I was nine years old, but um, thing didn't make things any easier for me dealing with the bullies. It all came to a head one night. Um, my mother and I were in church, and we were. Um, it was a Wednesday night. It was cold. It was dark, and it was your traditional old-style Virginia Baptist church it was a long rectangular sanctuary with large stained glass windows on the sides of the building and I just remember I asked my mother I said I asked my mom why God had made me like this I said why did God make me so ugly and my mother didn't answer me right away and that first of all scared me and then she said, now, Darren, I want you to look at the stained glass windows on the side of this church building. She said, you wouldn't give them a second thought right now. They're dark. They're, they're not impressive looking. But she said, what do those same windows look like on a Sunday morning when the sun is shining through, through them? And casting all those beautiful colors on us as we worship. She said, that's a lot like what God is in your life. He has cut you into a special piece 
in that window. And he wants to shine out of you in the unique and wonderful way that he has made you. You just have to have the eyes to see it. And it was really the first time I can remember as a child having an adult thought and wondering, one, do I believe my mother? And two, do I believe God? Do I believe that about him? And um, I decided that, that I was. I, everything that I had been taught, everything that the scripture had said, I, I didn't have direct evidence of it in my life that I could point to, but I was going, I decided I was going to trust God uh, with the situation. And um, it, it made a big difference. It, it made a lot of that bitterness that I had uh, disappear. It didn't make the bullying go away, but it did make the ability to tolerate it, to look past it, to move forward in my life um, better. Well, fast forward um, several years after that, uh, high school, college, went to college at Baylor University, uh, graduated from there, met my wife there. We got married. Um, we had a daughter. We moved off uh, to California. My wife had a good job uh, working as an audiologist in California, and our life was looking really good. Things were looking up. Um, I finally had an opportunity to attend seminary to uh, pursue the calling that I felt God had placed on my life. And um, we moved. Things were, were looking good. Everything was going along real well. And then uh, one morning on my way to church, um, I came up over a blind rise on a road I'd been down a million times before. And a, a drunk driver, man high on prescription pills, uh, was coming up over that rise in my lane at 60 miles an hour. And he hit me head on um, at 60 miles an hour. And I was going about 30 miles an hour. So the combined impact was about a crash at about driving my car into a wall at about 90 miles an hour. Uh, the front end of the car came down, crushed both of my legs, punctured my lung, um, sent my head, even with uh, the seatbelt and the uh, airbag, my head still ended up going into the windshield. And um, I was severely injured. Um, and I almost bled to death uh, while I was there. They had to use the jaws of life to get me out of the car. Uh, my daughter was in the back seat, um, in a car seat. She was three years old, and they had to get uh, her out of the car. And uh, I think that's the thing that really, that in that moment, it was really a grace because I was much more concerned about her than I was about me. And uh, so that, that kept me going, that kept me conscious long enough to make sure that that she was okay well then everything kind of faded out and uh the next thing i remember um i was in the hospital and um the doctor told me i'd been hit by a drunk driver and i was 
kind of shocked by that. I'm like, well, that, that type of stuff doesn't happen to me. That happens to somebody else. That doesn't happen to me. And um, long story short there, we just, we ended up uh, talking with him and um, I, I thought, well, you know, I'm, I'm still alive. You can put me back together and, and, you know, we'll, you know, everything will be good. And the doctor kind of shook his head at me and he said, oh, Mr. Ray, you've been watching too many uh, ER episodes. Um, he said, that's not how this works. We, we can try to fix the things that are broken, um, but there's very limited what we can do. And um, he says, basically, you came in here with the body of a 36-year-old man, and you're leaving here with the body, you'll be leaving here with the body of a 76-year-old man. You've lost at least 20 years worth of your life. And that really hit me hard. And I started to doubt um, whether God really had good plans uh, for me. I had lots of people telling me that he did, but I sure didn't feel it at the time. I spent the next three years um, recovering from that crash. I ended up losing my right leg uh, below the knee. Um, I was in a wheelchair for over a year. Uh, all of my seminary training uh, that I had been working on, that all came to a halt. And in fact, the seminary I was attending at the time called me and told me, don't come back uh, until you're well. And uh, I just really felt like, the, like God had abandoned me, that he had left me. Um, and I wanted to die. But I had so many... Even in that, that place, God still had a plan for me. He was still at work. I just couldn't see it. But he was still very much at work. And he brought some people into my life that made a big difference. One of them uh, was a man by the name of Jerry Roberts, who was a chaplain uh, at the hospital in Modesto, California, that I had been in for over a month. And Jerry, you know, knew my history. He knew I was in seminary. He knew my story. And he told me, he said, Darren, when you get to the point, he says, I know you're bitter right now. I know you don't believe me. I know you don't think that God has a plan left for your life. But when you get to the point where you can just present yourself to God and say, here I am, do with me as you will. Help me to serve you right where I find myself. He says, when you get to that point of surrender in your brokenness, he said, that's the point in which you will heal. And I was like, yeah, right. What do you, what do you know? You know, it's what I, I thought at the time. Uh, but he was right. It, you know, it wasn't an, an instantaneous thing. Uh, you know, it's something I also hear a lot. A lot of people think we're looking for that quick fix uh, for healing. We're looking for that super glue, that spiritual super glue 
that will make us like new. And, and, you know, that's not really the way God works most of the time in our lives. Uh, it's a long, slow process. It's a day-by-day process. And, and that, that's really what I learned uh, through it. And eventually God brought me uh, to that place. And I, I did. I just one, one day, I just said, Lord, here I am. Do with me as you will. And when I did that, he just started opening up doors and opportunities and providence in my life that I had never seen before. And I saw him do uh, incredible things. I, I ended up doing um, victim impact panels uh, with uh, troubled teens in our county in California. Um, and I never expected that you know, to come about. And then we had the trial uh, for the guy that, that hit me. And um, part of the story with that, I was just so angry at this man. I was so bitter. He, this was his fourth DUI his first DUI, he killed a four-year-old child back when he was 16. Uh, and he ran over him um, down in the valley somewhere and killed him. And uh, they, they got him off on that. They said, well, he had, if the child, the child had darted into the street. So they said it, it wouldn't have mattered had he been drunk or not drunk. He, he probably still would have hit him. But um, I was so angry and I knew I needed to forgive this man, but I just didn't see how I couldn't find it within myself to forgive him. I didn't want to forgive him. I didn't have any, um, any desire to forgive him, but I knew that I needed to forgive him. And so again, I just prayed and asked God to help me to forgive him. And the first thing that God did was to show me how much, remind me how much he had forgiven me. And, and that was really key. You know, a lot of times when we deal with unforgiveness, we want to be unforgiving towards someone but we want forgiveness ourselves and God freely gives that. And so really where we have to start is not with the other person. We have to start with ourselves. We have to start with what God has given us, the forgiveness he has offered us in Jesus Christ. And, and that's where um, he took me first was there and then again um with the trial and everything i had this idea when i went to trial that you know, i'd never even met this guy i'd never seen him before and so when i went to the trial and he was going to be brought out uh, for the trial i thought oh he's going to be this robert de niro cape fear looking kind of fellow you know real rough mean tough looking guy and you know what? He didn't look like that at all. He, 
he came out, he was 49 years old and he looked like he might've been 78 or 80, just years of, of hard living and, and, and a rough life. And God used that, the, the anger, um, the, the trepidation that I had, God just kind of let that dissipate to compassion and to pity. And um, one of the things that we found out in the course of the trial, you know, I, I didn't know much about this, you know, it's all kind of thrown into it. But in California at that time, if you had uh, a criminal trial, they already attached the restitution, uh, civil restitution to the criminal trial. And so the restitution is the money that he would pay me, he would pay the state, he would pay other people for the crime that he committed. And uh, his restitution order was something like one and a half million dollars. And um, this guy had no money. He was poor. He was indigent. And I'm like, um, I, I knew I needed to forgive him, but I also knew that I needed a tangible way of forgiving uh, this man. And I could not get a, a, around the passage in scripture in the Sermon on the Mount where, um, you know, some people learn it different ways, but in the Lord's Prayer, some people learn the Lord's Prayer as forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And I thought this is something uh, that God can do. We can ask the judge to forgive the debt that this man owes us directly. We had to hold the restitution hearing uh, to get that done because um, we're, I, I, he could only, the only debts that we could forgive him was the debt that he owed us. We, you know, we couldn't do anything about what he owed the insurance companies, what he owed the state. That, that was out of our our, our wheelhouse, but, but the other we could do. And so um, the judge asked me in court, he said, why do you want to forgive this man, Mr. Ray? And I told him, I'm forgiven because I have a savior that forgave me a debt that I could never repay. And that debt, being forgiven, that debt set me free. And it set me free again. And I pray one day it will set this man free as well. And uh, I think forgiving this man was one of the best things I ever did in my life. It made me better, not bitter. It made me let go and drop a lot of things that could have been um, very hurtful and harmful 
in my life. A lot of times when we're unforgiving and we allow that bitterness to grow, um, it's, it, it's like we're the ones drinking poison and it poisons the well, it poisons our soul, it poisons us and keeps us from being able to live a, a life of freedom and healing uh, that God has in store for us. And um, God gave me that opportunity to forgive this man. It, it was nothing that I did. It was everything that Jesus had done in my life. And that's where I had to go back to, to be able to forgive this man. BC Nation, maybe you feel like me right now and you're touched, deeply touched by this story that Darren just shared of his life, his struggles, how he came into the world. But there's a happy ending because I really see how he's going to leave this world. He's going to leave this world free and forgiven, fulfilled, with no regret. And that's what we're all chasing out there, isn't it? Wherever you are right now in your spiritual journey, we all can relate to unforgiveness in our relationships. Look around you right now. Look at your relationships. Look at your family first. Look at those family relationships. Which ones are broken? Meaning, which ones need restoration? Which ones need God's healing? What are the relationships in your life that you've been working on? You've put in a heroic effort but they're still not working. There's some kind of unforgiveness in there. There always is. Maybe you don't see it. That's fine. It's there. God wants to take it and he wants to heal that relationship. But first you got to do what Darren did. You got to get to that breaking point. That point that, uh, his pastor friend shared with him. You got to get to that place of just complete brokenness where you're like, God, this is all I got left. This is me. This is it. I'm broken. I'm a mess. Take me and use me how you will. So you got to get to a place of spiritual surrender, a place of, hanging your ego, your pride on a cross alongside Jesus. When Jesus says you got to die to self, that's what he means. Self, all caps, ego. You got to die to your will so that he can rise you, raise you up to his will and his plan. 
this is what I'm hearing in Darren's story. It's a beautiful story. It's the story that Jesus wants for all of us. But at some point, you're going to have a choice. Maybe you've had the choice already and you've resisted it. It's not too late. Never is. Our God is a God of endless mercy. Endless forgiveness. See, and we don't believe that because we are not endless in our forgiveness. We are not endless in our mercy. We are conditional in our love. So we project our broken humanity onto a perfect God. And we're wrong. We're just wrong. That's the short of it. Even the dog agrees. You can hear him in the background. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> That's totally fine. But the dog agrees. Yep. We're human. We're broken. God is not. He's perfect. He's awesome. He's wonderful. He wants to forgive us and he wants to forgive others through us. Darren, what advice do you have for my listener right now? They're probably sitting in tears or wiping tears from their face right now, the same way you were a few minutes ago. I also was. And it wasn't so much your story. It was God in your story. Right? And, and our hearts connect with God. They're, they're, they're yearning for him. They're yearning for love and forgiveness, which God is. And we hear it all throughout your, your journey here. What advice do you want to give to my listener right now where they, they're just not sure that they can trust God? They're afraid that he's going to let them down if they forgive or let go of that anger and that bitterness because it's really all they feel that they have to hold on to. And without the anger and the bitterness, they think they're going to sink. They're going to drown. They're going to die. What do you want to say to them right now? The first thing I want to let them know is just really how much God truly does love them. God loves you. And he, prom he keeps his promises. He keeps his word. Now, you might not perceive or feel that he's keeping his promises and word because the place of suffering you're in is so great. But he is there. And also I would let you know, holding on to that anger, holding on to that bitterness, though you might think it is something that you have to have, it is harming you. It is hurting you. It is keeping you away from being able to truly experience God's love, his grace, and his forgiveness, and to have the life that he wants you to have. And to let that go, just be honest first where you are. Be honest with God, where you are, what you're going through. Lay it all out there. Lay your brokenness, lay your emotions, lay your feeling, lay all of that before him. And you're not just going to lay it before him once. You're going to have to lay it before him time and time 
and time again. Now, I have talked to some people who have experienced God and God is just like taking things away from them that quick and bless them for that. But that, that's not how he worked in my life. Um, it was a continuous thing to lay that out there, to daily trust him, to sometimes even trust him moment uh, for moment in that pain. But if you start that process, he is faithful. He will um, bring you the deliverance. You can't deliver yourself. God has to do the deliverance, not you. You just have to make yourself available. Make yourself available every moment. And then as he reveals what you need to do, follow him. Take that next step. Do an action step. Do something that shows that he's at work in your life. And when those feelings of unforgiveness or anything come back up, go right back to it again. And remember that you've, you've left it all out there. You've left it on the altar. You've dropped that sword from your hand. Don't pick it back up. Let, let God handle that for you because he does he loves you so very much and he does have a plan for your life you might not be able to see it you might not be able to perceive it I, you know an interesting thing aside here as a perception uh, i'm recovering from covid19 right now and i was just telling joseph i've lost my sense of of smell and taste and as an amputee, someone uh, with an artificial limb, I, I've dealt with something called phantom limb pain, where I feel like I have a pain in my right foot, but I, I don't have a right foot. But I still feel a sensation of pain or um, a feeling there. And I have two very different perceptions going on right now with the COVID. The COVID has made my phantom pain escalate and so I'm feeling something that's not there and then I'm not able to detect something that is there taste and smell now does that mean that those things uh that those items that I can't taste and smell do they have still have taste and smell yes um is the feeling I have in my foot real no but does it affect me? Yes. But where? what do I do with that effect? I always have to go back to the truth and then judge my perception. My perceptions will change in accordance with the truth of what is really there. And that's just what I want to remind you. When God says he loves you, he means it. And you can trust him with it. Trust him daily. And you'll be amazed what he will do. BC Nation, I really like what Darren's saying here to us. This is something I echo so many times in my own life and with my clients. You can't trust your feelings. Feelings are unreliable. Darren just gave a fantastic example of 
physical feelings in his body that he literally can't trust right now. Phantom feelings. And I think it's the same way emotionally as well. The anger in you, the bitterness in you, the unforgiveness in you is screaming so loud that like telling you that you are it, you are angry, you are bitter, you are unforgiving. See, it's, 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 it's lying about your identity, who you are. When in fact, you can't trust it, but you can trust God's promises and God's promises and God's identity for you are you are a precious son, you are a precious daughter of the king of the universe, and he is a good and trustworthy father. And his promises you can lean on and trust, unshakable. So trust God, don't trust feelings. That's my short little lesson there. Um, we're speaking with Darren, Way, Darren Ray. Uh, you can find him at imsecond.com forward slash Darren Ray. Um, and I just want to not lose this moment. I want to capture this moment for you, BC Nation. As you're listening right now, Darren advised to bring a real, honest, and raw prayer to God right now wherever you are in your brokenness, to show up in that brokenness with God. See, so many times we think we have to uh, fix ourselves, get out of our brokenness, then we're worthy enough to come back to God. But that's a lie of the enemy. You're already worthy, regardless of what's happening in your life, because God said so. You're his child. If you're hurt, you're crippled, you're wounded. You wouldn't discard your own child, right? If they, they tripped or fell and bruised their knee, they wouldn't no longer be your child. You want them to run to you so that you can heal them and fix them. It's the same way with God. So I invite you right now, um, if you like, I'll just give some words. You may consider saying something like this. Heavenly Father, I am so angry right now. I feel hurt, I feel wounded, I feel betrayed. I feel loss, I feel grief. It's not fair what happened to me. I feel you weren't there to protect me from it. I'm angry at you, God. I don't feel like I can trust you. But yet your promises say that I can. I don't have the desire in my heart right now to trust you. So you're going to need to put that there for me. I give you permission to put that desire in me to forgive this person. I don't have it on my own. So if you want me to forgive them, Father, you put the desire in me to forgive them. And I will. Father, I surrender to you all of this. I surrender to you the pain, the suffering, the hurt, the woundedness, all of it. I give you permission to remove it from me in the name of Jesus. Those are just some words. That's called a surrender prayer. God, you're going to have to do many surrender prayers in your life. I know I certainly do. We all do because there's always something to surrender to God. Always something we're carrying, we're trying to control that he wants. We're always trying to play God in our own life, right? But we already have a savior. That's what Darren was telling us and reminding us. 
So feel free to replay this uh, episode. Um, If that prayer works for you, uh, just go ahead and say it out loud and repeat after me Um, and just say what's on your heart. Add your own ugly, raw, angry prayer. Get it out. God is a big God. He's strong enough to take it. Trust me. He's not fragile. He's not a piece of glass. He's not going to get offended like people on social media. He wants your heart. He wants all of it. So I invite you to do that. All right, Darren, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready, sir? I will do my best. What's your favorite thing about God? His love. What's your least favorite thing about God? His discipline. Yeah. What are you most afraid of? Failing him. Failing God. Got it. Darren, I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. Uh, what do you, it's just part of the human condition. What are you struggling with either professionally or personally with right now? The division in our country. Yeah. Yeah, that's big. What did you spend way too much time doing this past year? Worrying too much. Yeah, I get that. What secret fear do you have about people? That they uh, won't like me. I like you. BC Nation likes you, I, I can tell. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? How much he loves us. Yeah. What's a new habit you want to create? One of daily trusting in him for everything. Yeah. What's a bad habit you want to break? Eating too much. (laughs) Pick three words to describe who you are now. Child of the King. Love it. Pick three words to describe who you were when you were down at the bottom, broken. Broken and without hope. Yeah. And last question, Darren, if you could come back to life after you died and tell your family and friends only one piece of advice about everything, all of it, life, eternity, love, forgiveness, all of it, what would you say to them? God's word is all true. It's all true. God's word is all true, BC Nation. Darren, any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about surrendering uh, their hurt, their woundedness, uh, their unforgiveness uh, to a merciful God? You can trust him because he loves you. He has good and great plans for you. He keeps his promises. And if you will trust him daily, he will bring you not out of the valley but he will bring you through it. Mm. Darren, what's the best? He sure has me. He sure has with you for sure, dude. Your witness story is fantastic. Uh, What is the best way for BC Nation to get in touch with you if they so choose? Uh, Your best way would probably be just uh, drop me an email. uh, Darren, uh, D-A-R-R-I-N-1066 at yahoo.com i'm not famous i don't have a um, 
set ministry or anything. I'm, I'm just a regular guy who um, gets to serve God and he gets gets to do ministry every day, which is a blessing. BC Nation, if you connect with Darren and his story and how God is using him in the world, or maybe you just want some advice um, for your own story, your own struggle, uh, he just gave you his personal email address, not even a business one, his personal one. That was pretty cool. Uh, so feel free to reach out to him, or you can email me at joseph at josephwarren.net, and I can forward that to him if you like, whichever is easier for you. Uh, speaking of which, BC Nation, if you are struggling in this unforgiveness uh, in your life with God, with others, um, and you've, you're trying and uh, you just don't know how to do it, or you want some help and guidance along the way, uh, this is specifically what I specialize in with uh, spiritual life and relationship coaching. And I can help you uh, get through that journey, this part of your journey um, into that place of hope and freedom uh, that God has for you. I do it with so many people and I get to watch God perform miracles in their relationships, relationships that they thought that it was impossible to heal. They had given up on with spouses, with parents, with kids, and God healed it all. And it's so cool. I get to witness that. And if you want that in your life, you can have it in the next 90 days. That's, that's how we do it. Go to josephwarren.net, uh, schedule a warm-up call with me. I don't charge for that. Uh, I'll just give you my time and we'll jump on and uh, speak about you and what you're dealing with. All right. Darren Ray, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, my friend. Thank you, Joseph. God bless you. BC Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your life without building faith in your business. If you want the business side of that conversation, I have another podcast called First 100K, where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000, because that's where I believe 90% of you are stuck and you can't break through. Go to first100k.com to find out how. I'm Joseph Warren. You were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day and I'll see you right back here next week.